one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Those of you guys that have been listening to the Biohacking Secrets show for a while know that I'm very passionate about molecular hydrogen and its potential for reversing cognitive decline, protecting us from the free radical damage that can occur when we're exposed to non-native electromagnetic fields and radiation, in addition to its applications for athletes in delaying onset of fatigue and helping them recover faster from their workouts. And in this episode, I sit down with Alex Tarnava, who is the man behind Drink HRW, the innovator of the open cup tablets that have now swept the industry and are being used by everyone, including some of the companies that we have been aligned with in the past. They all use his products because they have the highest milligrams per liter um, and or otherwise known as parts per million. He's got the best tablets on the market. And in this episode, we share some of his process, his tiresome process of perseverance and persistence in creating this unique product, new applications, what we're seeing in the scientific literature and how you can use them if you're dealing with inflammation, if you're trying to recover faster from your workouts, if you want better cognitive performance, it's all in here. And we get into a lot of those protocols later in the episode. So I encourage you to give it a listen into the the end and you'll find so many valuable takeaways that you can apply to your life. And if you want to pick up some of these tablets, we um, there's there's a couple that we discuss here. You can go to drinkhrw.com, D-R-I-N-K-H-R-W.com. We've got a discount code biohacks set up for you. And yeah, I use the tablets a few times a week, definitely when I fly, sometimes before I sauna. And I'm after this episode going to be using the bath tablets with our clients and myself to accelerate recovery and anytime that there's inflammation, aches and pains that we all experience from time to time in life. So drinkhrw.com, discount code biohacks. Without further ado, please sit back, relax and enjoy my conversation with Alex Tarnava. Alex Tarnava, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. So this is an exciting conversation because I have been using your molecular hydrogen tablets for years. Whenever I travel, I'm loading up on these things. I'm taking like four for every 90 minutes I'm in the air flying. Um, take us back to 2015 and where were you at in your life and what sparked this, this innovation in the molecular hydrogen industry that, that you've created? Yeah, um, absolutely. So I'll go even a little farther back to 2014. Um, when I was at my peak of physical health, I was, um, I had a business that I was away for about a week a month, you know, working like 120 hours a week on the road. But then when I was home, um, I maybe had an hour or two of phone calls a day. So I was, you know, training six to eight hours a day, um, mostly split between various martial arts, Muay Thai, you know, jujitsu, uh, but CrossFit also and doing some, you know, smaller CrossFit competitions. And I got really, really sick. Um, we still don't really know what it was that I was sick from. It was a virus of some kind, but overnight I had central nervous system shut down at first, you know, they thought it was exercise induced, but when I, I stopped training, it didn't help and it didn't really fit. Uh, because my, my CRP was like 34, it should be below one. 
right? Even when you're like really sick, it doesn't really go between one and three. I was at 34. I was, that's, that's the highest I've ever heard. Yeah, it, it, it was, it was crazy. I was doing blood tests twice a week, right. To try and figure out what was going on for, I think about six weeks. I was doing two blood tests a week. And then the doctors were afraid, am I anemic because I'm drawing so much blood, right? You know, or, <laughs> you know, like what's going on. Um, I was iron deficient. Chicken and the egg. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I was iron deficient and uh, I, I was eating six to 8,000 calories a day of, uh, you know, green veg, mostly green vegetables, you know, lots of red meat. I was eating probably eight eggs a day. So it, it was crazy. Um, I had sudden onset narcolepsy also. If I sat down for about a minute, I'd fall asleep where I was. And I was sleeping 16 to 18 hours a day. Now, what's really bizarre is, um, you know, when I say I had like central nervous system shut down, uh, I had absolutely no reactive movements whatsoever, but I didn't lose any power. Right? When you say no, no reactive movements, you mean like if, if the old school, you're sitting on the doctor's, uh, the doctor's bed and he hits your knee with the hammer, your leg wouldn't go. I'm talking more like, you know, fast twitch muscle movement. Yeah. You know, like I went from having like a, a like standing 54 inch box jump and being able to do about 15 to 20 bar muscle ups unbroken to, I couldn't do a chest to bar and I couldn't jump an inch off the ground onto a plate. Right. But my deadlift, bench press, and squat were unaffected. I didn't lose any strength, right? So it was interesting, really bizarre, right? How were um, you at dodging punches considering mixed I, martial arts were a big part? Yeah, no, I stopped going to martial arts you okay. know, at that time. Like, I'm like, I can't do it. You know, like, mm -hmm. it, it wasn't, uh, wasn't happening. Um, but I was still trying to, like, go and lift some weights at CrossFit, you know, like it was my life, you know, I was trying to power through just a little bit reduced. Uh, and actually I felt a little better when I was up moving, working out. But then as soon as I'd sit back down, like I fell asleep against the wall a couple of times at CrossFit, you know, it was crazy when I, I sit down after you know, doing a bunch of squats and deadlifts, I, I couldn't do anything super high intensity, but just like sit down to rest and fall asleep against the wall. It was, it was really really bizarre um when the dust finally settled in a period of like three four days between the start of the week and the end of the week my crp went from 34 below one right so the what, what changed there because that's a huge shift it's a huge drop i must have beat the virus you know or something you know but when that happened within a week after that my joints tightened i now have arthritis in nine spots Right. And the one that was hit the most was my left shoulder. Um, and uh, it was frozen within a week. Right. So I went, it was really bizarre. Now they started doing x-rays and they're like, you have osteoarthritis. So the, the high inflammation must have ravaged my joints pretty aggressively, you know, mm -hmm. six week period. Uh, all nine spots that I have arthritis, I've had serious injuries. Right. So there are probably spots I would have developed arthritis in my 50s and my 60s. It just fast tracked to happen like immediately. Um, at that time, I went on like a thousand milligrams a day of like prescription naproxen. That's like a leave. It's non steroidal anti inflammatory drug. Did a, you know, did a, a couple of cortisone injections and I kept on just, I, I quit martial arts at that point, but I tried to keep on doing CrossFit. Right. And um, 
I, I had actually bought, you know, a water ionizer at that time too, unrelated, right? Uh, because uh, I, I uh, had, had been interested in hydrogen for a little bit for being a selective, you know, free radical scavenger. Uh, so I just, you know, like I'm having health issues now and I, I bought it, didn't really understand the, the, the very, you know, close relationship between dysregulation of redox status and dysregulation of inflammatory response. I thought they were completely separate things. Um, so months went on. Uh, I fainted a few times when I was at, at the box uh, working out and I developed ulcers, multiple ulcers. So I had to quit the Aleve like completely uh, and my shoulder completely froze again. Um, at that time, I, I, I went back to PubMed. I started scouring it for things that could, you know, maybe, you know, regulate the inflammatory response and, you know, hydrogen popped up, right? And, and that really pissed me off. You know, one, it was confusing because again, I didn't get the relationship between you know, regulation of redox and regulation of inflammatory response, how, how interconnected they are. Um, two, this ionizer was not clearly not working to loosening my shoulder because my shoulder was frozen. Um, so I read a bunch of these studies and it just dawned on me, how do I even know, you know, this machine's making hydrogen, right? The, these ionizer salespeople pissed me off with every single claim they made, right? All of their claims of Miracle water benefits really got under my skin and, and irritated me. I, I viewed them as liars in every single aspect. And I thought, why did I trust just take their word for it that this has hydrogen in the water? You know, it's just kind of a disconnect. So I bought the, the H2 Blue, the testing reagent, and um, there was no detectable hydrogen. So I thought, you know, I, I went to reading, tried to slow down the flow rate and as slow as it goes, still no hydrogen. Mm -hmm. it could be calcification on the plates, um, took it in for a deep clean. There was still no hydrogen. Now I know um, I, I live in uh, Vancouver and our, our TDS is less than three parts per million. So total, total dissolved solids is less than three ppm. The ionizers need electrolytes in the water for conductivity, right? So that's why it was making like no hydrogen, but now I know even under best case scenarios are like maybe at the minimum therapeutic dose, if that, and they can calcify pretty quickly afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, so I felt pretty, pretty scammed out of the $4,500. And most people would say, you know, screw hydrogen and just go on with their lives. But that actually gave me motivation because I'm like, I don't know if hydrogen works. I haven't gotten it yet. Mm -hmm. I started um, buying the full studies. Did you did you buy your machine new? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Cool. Um, yeah. Um, so I started buying like a lot of the human studies, like and buying the full, like paying the forty bucks for the full study to read the full method section on how they are making hydrogen. A lot of the studies were using magnesium. Um, so I'm like, okay, this could be a good route. I started trying to buy magnesium sticks. They weren't getting the hydrogen I wanted. There was another tablet on the market that's since out of business that you have to kind of drop in water, get a convex meniscus, close a cap tightly, put upside down and drink the next day. And it maybe gets like two PPM in half liter. Um, I found that one and I got really excited and I ordered them and, um, you know, <laughs> 
because I'd been trying to get powders like magnesium powder in at this time. Um, it's tightly controlled in the U.S. You know, you need an end use. You know, it, it's you know controlled by the the DOD and the State Department for International and stuff. Um, I, I really couldn't get it back then for myself personally. Um, and then like I was trying to get it from like China and Russia, and like I was going through a lot of problems there. There's only a few countries in the world that make this stuff. Uh, so these tablets were a great solution, but when I got them, I prepared it, you know, how they said, and I took my first sip and it was one of the most disgusting things I've ever tasted in my life. You know, like I, I gagged and I spit it all over my kitchen, right. It was unpalatably gross. Right. And then I measured it and, you know, I had it written down what it is. It, it was something pathetic, like, you know, 0.5 PPM or something, you know, in the way they, they did it. So I just started thinking, you know, like why it was and, you know, the pH seemed really off and really alkaline to me, which means it's not reacting. There's, you know, uh, there's a bit of a metallic taste to our tablets. It was probably 10 times worse, you know, in, the, in this first one, because they're trying to make it really alkaline and, you know, high, like nine or 10 pH. Uh, so I started adding like lemon juice to it. I, I started really playing, you know, with, with MacGyvering, you know, like, these tablets to get it to work. And all of a sudden I was getting up to getting like, you know, three PPM. Right. And I was drinking like, you know, a lot of these tablets every day, like three liters worth a day and my shoulder unfroze and my hip unfroze. So I went like in jujitsu from, you know, being able to like, you know, play the, the rubber guard. Right. And like be able to touch my left ankle to my face with, like ease um, to not being able to do a butterfly on the ground, right? Like my hip tightened mm -hmm. up so much. Um, so everything loses. There's, there's a lot of people listening that are experiencing <clears throat> hip, hip issues and, and uh, declining flexibility right now. So this is, this is very interesting that you've gone so, you know, to one extreme and then brought, been able to bring it back. Right. You know, it didn't take me back to where I was in my prime, but you know, now I can, you know, lift my ankle probably, you know, six, eight inches off the ground. I can effortlessly do a butterfly. So I don't, I've never gained back the mobility that I had before, but back then I was, you know, I, I was stretching in a sauna probably half an hour a day on top of everything else. I was lighter, you know what I mean? Like, so, and, and I didn't have arthritis. Right. So it just still impinged a little bit. Um, if I was a, the weight I was, you know, in, in um, summer of like 2014 and, you know, was in the sauna every day doing this stuff, I probably wouldn't be as limber as I was back then, but I'd be better than I am right now. But right now, I'm, I'm probably even, you know, better than the average person. I can pretty easily touch my knuckles to the ground now. I can, like I said, lift my arthritic side you know eight inches off the ground um the only thing really really that h2 hasn't helped is my shoulder other than pain and unfreezing it but i just had surgery i have bone on bone arthritis i had a fully torn labrum i have a partially torn rotator cuff i need another surgery and i'm waiting for my next mri um, either the surgery was a failure in which case i'm really out of options um, you know, cause what they did is they, they repaired, uh, my labrum and they cleaned up the arthritis and they were hoping the rotator would heal on its own. 
right? Taking the other stressors away mm-hmm. or it's looking a lot more likely from, you know, tests my physio and, and orthopedic surgeon have done is the, the rehab actually fully tore my rotator cuff. So that's what we're crossing our fingers for. Because if it's fully torn rotator cuff, that means the surgery was a success or at least didn't harm it. And we can now go in, repair my rotator and I can get back to maybe doing a little bit more upper body exercise. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I was, um, I, w- I was prepping like three liters of this water a day, you know, like how many tablets were you going through? Like what would be the, the equivalent of your, your current tablets, right? How many, what was the equivalent of how many you were consuming per day back then? Six a day. So I was going through three bottles uh, of this old shittier formula and then it was getting sent to Canada and I was having to pay duties and taxes because the companies weren't filling out like a nap to form. So this was costing me, you know, like almost doubling the cost of bringing it in, you know, 180 bucks plus probably another 150 bucks every time in duties and taxes. Um, and then conversion, it was like really expensive, like monthly for me. And these companies were as unethical as the ionizer people, right? Mm-hmm all these claims of curing cancer and like doing this and doing that just really stuff that really 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 got under my skin and they were all harassing me like i didn't realize how embryonic you know like hydrogen was back then and in, in 2015 um i didn't realize how esoteric it was right even in the health communities nobody had heard of it so i'm one of the you know probably one of their first customers and they're like, Oh, do you want to be a sales rep? We have an MLM, you know, I'm getting calls on my personal line, you know, to like join and do this stuff. I'm like, man, I just want to buy this stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. They're harassing me. I'm paying all this crazy money. I actually have to like Jerry rig it to actually work at all, you know, and all this stuff. And I just said, this is ridiculous. And I went back to the drawing board and I, I got in, um, you know, elemental magnesium from both Russia and China. And I found a source in the U S but it ended up having ingots, like big chunks in it too. So I had to strain it. It was a pain in the ass. Um, and I went back to just trying to formulate my own tablet at that time, just for personal use. So I didn't have to deal with any of these companies. Cause you um, wanted a, a higher part per million or I wanted it to work better. I wanted it to not taste as bad. And I didn't want to give money to any of these companies. Okay. All right. Understood. Really um, ethically getting under my skin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, I, I, you know, I'm a bit of an autodidact. I, I tend to read hours a day, you know, at sometimes eight to ten hours a day. But you know, then when I'm traveling on business, I, I don't get to read at all. So you know, maybe it averages four or five hours a day that I read just to try and advance my knowledge. Um, across numerous fields. And I thought to myself, I understand the chemistry well enough, but I don't want to be, you know, a Darwin award winner here. You know, I'm dealing with, mm-hmm. you know, ex- explosive magnesium that burns at thousands of degrees, you know, Celsius and, you know, making hydrogen gas and, you know, is this Dunning-Kruger? Do I think I know it? And really, I don't know it at all. And I'm going to blow myself up. Um, so I found my uh, founding partner. He's a PhD medicinal chemist from the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, I, I emailed him. I found his resume online. Um, it was actually an old resume. Um, he was looking for gig work, but he had started a, a position in the meantime. And 
at first he told me it was the worst pseudoscience he'd ever heard in his life. Right. He said, save your money, like stop doing it. So I sent him a list of some of the better studies and, you know, kind of the best I could back then uh, refuted all his points and explained, yeah, that's true, but this is why it's irrelevant in this situation, you know, and uh, went through that. And um, he got back to me and said, you know, yeah, I guess this looks like there's enough evidence for a supplement anyways. And he said it kind of, I'm imagining it now, like he said, it kind of like in a snarky way, he's mm-hmm. from England, you know, so he's got a, you know, English accent and, you know, like he said, I suppose there's enough evidence for a supplement by email. So mm-hmm. it makes me laugh now, but um, we got to work, you know, he was charging me by the hour, like pretty high rate per hour. And um, I was sending him a, a study every day to keep like learning about it uh, and just kind of serendipitously, I, I sent him a study on Hep B, which I didn't realize that he was in charge at his company of, you know, developing a drug that they had in phase three. You're talking about hep- hepatitis B? Hepatitis B. So, okay. So we're, we're kind of circling back into viral stuff here. Yeah. Possibly I, being a through line in your story. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, it's it, this is more to do with him gaining interest. He became a partner, right? Because it, it didn't actually get rid of the Hep B, but it was dealing with the oxidative stress and you know a lot of the symptoms of the Hep B. So it wasn't a cure by any means, and it's, it's just one study. You know, it was like sixty participants, so it was a decent sample size, but it hasn't been replicated. But he read the study and read the full paper, and he called me for lunch and he said, "Listen, like I've just had to kind of trust the findings of the other research teams." on on all these other studies. He's like, but this is what I'm working on right now. And, you know, unless this has been frauded, this is impactful. This works. You need to look at commercializing this, right? Are you looking for a partner? And I've been, you know, mulling over the idea of commercializing, you know, for the couple months we've been working together, but I had a, you know, relatively successful business that I wasn't that happy with. I'd been losing interest in it. Um, And I had no experience in this field. So it was kind of like, who am I to go into this area? You know, there, there's got to be, you know, smarter, more educated people with good old more, imposter syndrome, you know, that, that exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, Dr. Holland, it, it was like, you know, we, we should go for this. Uh, I got some other really good, uh, you know, at that time I, I, I started, um, it took us like three weeks to like, blow the first tablet out of the water right and i started hand pressing them for about 40 people mostly you know friends and families some athletes locally that had injuries and tears and the reception was overwhelming right i got a wait list you know friends of friends you know like other guys in the gym you know from martial arts crossfit saying how can i get this stuff and of course it's taking me an hour to make a month's supply for someone it's not a business i'm hammering away at my table but i'm like man everyone is loving this stuff and seeing benefits like what were the benefits that they were experiencing um lots for like acute injuries like muscle tears and stuff recovering quickly you know joint issues um lots of family members with with, uh, arthritis um you, you know that were just experiencing relief um lots of you know big energy boosts in it and it's actually interesting is it's one of our biggest um, testimonials is an increase in in energy mm-hmm. and 
um, I can't go too much into the results, but you know, it's under peer review right now. Um, I'm not sure when this will air, but hopefully by about February, it'll be published. Uh, we just did a, a study with a decent size and a crossover manner on 24 hour sleep deprivation, um, for raising alertness. Um, the tablet versus hundred milligrams of caffeine. Mm. They were both very significant and there's no st- statistical difference between the two. Right. Mm. So the tablet, I use, I use both in those situations. So here, here's what <laughs> is, um, in that study, it, it seems to show in the alertness test that hydrogen and caffeine offer or alter completely different aspects of alertness. Right. Mm. So to me, that shows a synergistic effect. Mm. It, like, hydrogen's improving areas that caffeine doesn't improve and caffeine's improving areas that hydrogen doesn't improve. So I do the same thing. Right? I take my caffeine when I take my hydrogen, right? When I'm feeling a little groggy and down. So that, that's a cool study that, that's on its way right now. But um, we were just getting all this overwhelming feedback. And um, I, I just thought to myself, I'm like, you know, I've invented a couple other, you know, things that I was more passionate about than what I'm doing right now. And I didn't go for it and I regret it you know, how much am I going to regret it if I don't try? You know, if I see someone else do it in a year or two years and, you know, I say, what if this was me, right? So mm-hmm. I kind of pushed all in, right? And it took us three weeks to get the first tablet that from a chemistry standpoint was working how we wanted it to. It then took us over a year 2,000 iterative adjustments, 2,000 failed formulas, 15 failed scale-up attempts to get a production-ready tablet. Did you say 2,000 failed formulations? Yeah. So to get it to go from making one at a time to making millions at a fast pace on a, a, a production pass, you have to add you know, excipients, you know, you, you need to make sure it's flowing. You need to make sure it's consistent. Every tablet is the exact same. It's homogenous, like everything that is going on. So it was 2000, you know, failed formula tries, you know, and I, I, I told you off there about kind of like the stages we went through in R and D to get there. Um, you know, so we didn't run 2000 on the big press, you know, we probably ran like 70 on the big production scale, but if they're failing, you know, on the single press, they're going to definitely fail on the, the large scale format. So yeah, it was, it was 15 failed scale up attempts, you know, a uh, couple thousand failed formulations that didn't pan out until we got our first production ready tablet. That was one that um, we, we again had to seal in a, you know, a, a, a bottle, but ours was getting like three to four PPM in like five minutes. So it was, it was a massive improvement over the previous seal tablets. Uh, and then again, it was uh, just dumb luck that we kind of discovered the, this open cup. And, and just for, for people that are listening and may not be familiar, when you're talking about things like PPM, we're talking about parts per million. We're talking about parts per million of, of H2 gas, right? So like you got a tablet that you throw in a, in a glass of water or a, a bottle of water. It doesn't seem to make too much of a difference with, with your tablets. And it's then- much better in an open glass, actually. It's better in an open glass than a sealed bottle. Yeah, way better. Um, Why is that? So I'll, I'll go into that next. And um, for yeah, don't don't let me take you down a rabbit hole. I just got curious there. <laughs> no, no, that, that's actually that's actually the next thing that I'm I'm <laughs> planning on going into anyways. Uh, but for listeners, so 
I'll often say PPM, but I'm really trying to get over to saying milligrams a liter because it makes a lot more sense to most people. PPM is lingo that's been used in, in the field for mm-hmm. years, but it's hard to understand. And then people, that's a concentration. It's hard to convert to a dosage. We should, PPM is actually the exact same thing in this case as milligrams a liter. And then, you know, I had half a liter. So if I had 10 milligrams a liter, that's five milligrams of hydrogen, right? Mm -hmm. Hydrogen is dosed just like any other molecule by milligram, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, we, we should really talk about, you know, H2 and milligrams and milligrams a liter. Um, so we're trying to hit three to four milligrams a liter and half a liter of water. Uh, and, and as we we're trying to get it faster to like two minutes, um, this phenomenon kept on happening. Well, we we're getting to four milligrams a liter, but the water was turning white when we opened the cap and then clear. And now all of a sudden we're down to 1.6. And it took us three months of beating our head into the wall, trying to get this to stop happening until we just thought, well, it's doing this, you know, uh, what if we try to do this in an open container, right? It just kind of, it dawned on me. I was, I was lying in a bath, you know, and, and I was just thinking about the problem and I jumped out and got tablets in H2 blue. And I just, you know, like was dropping them in the bath water and testing the water. And I'm like, man, there's still hydrogen in, in here, you know, in the bath. And then I like jumped out of the bath and tested it. And, you know, I got like, 3.5 ppm in about two minutes like at that time you know and the tablets have been designed for a sealed container and there's a quote i i you know really 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 like and resonates with me in, in this case from isaac asimov that said you know people think the greatest scientific discoveries are met with you know eureka i've done it but really they're met with huh that's funny right so we didn't understand what was going on and we we're beating our heads into the wall for months until, you know, it just dawned on us. Why, why, why stop fighting this? This is clearly happening. Even if it doesn't make sense right now, let's try and make sure it happens. Right. Um, so th- we went down that road and, um, went back to the drawing board. It was, you know, months and months and months of R&D. And we kept on just refining it. We had to reformulate everything that we'd done from square one, right? Um, Doing everything to just really maximize this. This episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show is brought to you by Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products, CBD standing for cannabidiol. Now, we are real excited about this partnership because Veritas means truth in Latin, and we are big believers in bringing you guys the truth, not just through this podcast, but by making sure that any products that we share or that we bring on as sponsors are products that we personally use, believe in, and endorse ourselves. And that is the case with Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products. The reason that they're so great, they are full spectrum hemp products, meaning that they have all of the beneficial phytonutrients that you get in a quality CBD product. 99% of the CBD products on the market are CBD isolate, and they're just being resold, meaning they're coming from a few small manufacturers. They've only got one tiny part of all of the important phytonutrients that you need to get the benefits you want from a CBD product, and they're just a bunch of different companies 
is reselling them. Veritas Farms is vertically integrating, meaning they own the farm. They ensure that there are no pesticides being added. It's organic, and then they control the entire process from harvesting to extraction until that product ends up at your door. That's what I love. It. It's kind of like farm to table, but for CBD. And the benefits that I've noticed, my sleep is better. I feel like I get a deeper, more restful night's sleep. I'm less stressed. I never have periods of anxiety. I feel calm and focused throughout the day. And it even decreases inflammation when I have flights or other things where inflammation is an inevitable part of life. You take a little extra CBD and it can be very helpful for stress, anxiety, sleep, and that inflammation. So if you guys want to check it out, we've arranged a 15% discount for you guys. To get that, you can go to theveritasfarms.com forward slash biohacks. I'll spell it out. T-H-E-V-E-R-I-T-A-S-F-A-R-M-S.com forward slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S to save 15%. Check out the Veritas Farms CBD. You guys are going to absolutely love it. Did you have pressure from people who were involved or even just close to you that knew what was going on and were telling you, you got to monetize this at some point. It's good enough. Put it out there, start selling it and then iterate it. Like what were some of the other voices? Because I'm, I'm hearing a story of pers- relentless persistence and determination and obsession with quality. And I can imagine that there aren't, there probably weren't many people on the business side or just that were in your life that were understanding where you were coming from in this process? Yeah. I mean, most people were saying it's good enough. You know, my, you know, contract manufacturers were saying it's good enough. Um, we were selling to some people who really, really, really wanted it. You know what I mean? Like we launched our own brand because a lot of people really wanted this stuff. Um, and, and then within three weeks, we we're getting calls from other companies that had been private labeling the first tablets and can we do this? But we didn't um, we didn't go out and kind of beat the pavement to try and get new brands and to really push the marketing because to me it wasn't good enough. Um, I also wanted clinical evidence and I wanted uh, I wanted legal regulations right because in, in the U.S. right now between ninety two to ninety six percent of supplements are not legally registered with the FDA. Right, it's called a new dietary ingredient status, and anything you change to manufacturing requires an NDI submission to the FDA to show why it's safe. Right, why you're doing this safe for sale to the public. Right, you change how you extract an ingredient, you know, you need to do this. You you change anything, you you need to do this stuff. So we spent three years and a lot of money and did a massive submission because this is very, very novel. It's very different than anything else that was on the market. And we got a no objection from the FDA as a new dietary ingredient. So we're the only legal hydrogen supplement. And that's, you know, any open cup hydrogen tablet we, we you know, manufacture for is, has this NDI status. Um, and that was just really, really important to me. I'm a bit of a in some ways I'm a perfectionist and in some ways I just, you know, don't give a, you know, shit at all, you know, like it's just, that's good enough. That's good enough. But for this, I, I really, really wanted to keep improving it. Um, and I still had a strongly that imposter syndrome. I still had in my head that if I don't have my gas, like, you know, my foot on the floor, gas to the floor, you know, there's people with more money, bigger teams, smarter, more experienced that are going to catch me. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it was really this, this lack of confidence that it's good enough. 
that it needs to be better. It needs to be better, right? Like there's other people doing this. I need to spend every waking moment setting myself apart in every way possible. That that really there's there's a lot of good stuff that comes from that fear of competition you know that that they're training harder than you that they're you know there's there's even great things that come from like do you love me now dad <laughs> you know am i good enough for you now dad and as much as we resist those things it's like that's that's part of of creating something special you got to be you got to have the drive you got to have the right habits and doing doing hard things that elevate you daily and then you also have to be okay with recognizing that some of this stuff is outside of your control and like surrender to to those things while uh, allowing like the perfect storm of all that to come together a hundred percent. And I think of the mental game, just like, you know, physiologically, we want this homeostatic function of our redox, of our inflammatory response, like oxidative stress isn't a bad thing, right? It's the, the delicate balance, you know, the, the homeostasis between reduction and oxidation. Inflammation isn't a bad thing. We need it for, our, you know, defense mechanism. It's when it's too much or too little, that's an issue. I think we need a delicate balance between you know, confidence and insecurity, right. To drive us forward, you know, like just blind confidence is not a good thing, right. You always have to have self doubt, right. What more could I do? How could this be better? Right. How can I be improving here? What are other people doing that are going to set them apart from what I'm doing? Right. But then have the confidence to act and say, this is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to do it. Right. So that, that really propelled, you know, myself and our company forward for a, a long time. Um, I, even now it's like, I'm going through it a bit again. Um, I, I have a, a whole new type of imposter syndrome because I, I'm finishing up a book chapter for Elsevier USA, right. On hydrogen as an exogenous supplement to you know potentially extend the human health span. And I've written a lot of content and I'll, I'm working with nine public research teams right now. And a lot of the professors were trying to encourage me with my writing to write them in a bit of more academic style and publish them. But I'm like, I'm not affiliated with any university. I don't have a PhD, you know, like who am I to publish work? And they're like, no, you really No, no one wants to read that <laughs> in that voice. Like you can still communicate the same things in a, in a colloquial way where you could refer to the science, but in a way that's like that, that. Yeah. And that, that's what I try and do is blend it. But you know, it, it just, it, it had me again, like who would accept my publication? Who am I to publish this stuff? But a few of the professors that I, I've become, you know, decently good friends with now have, have kept on kind of encouraging me. And then, you know, one professor invited me to write this book chapter. Right. And, you know, I, I brought up the point. I'm like, is, you know, also you're going to accept it. Like, you know, I don't have a background in science. I don't have a background in academia. This is all professors and doctors contributing. And he said, if you get, you know, two referees, so it's like professors, you know, that agree to be my pre reviewers before it's submitted for official review, Right. It's okay because he's in charge of the entire book deal. So I got those and it's just, it's kind of, again, I, I've spent probably, you know, 150 hours now just obsessively going over this 5,000 word article. And I usually write 1500 words an hour, like mm -hmm. pretty effortlessly. Mm -hmm. So it's just 
that insecurity that I don't belong in this area has driven me to review everything. And then a lot of the stuff I'm reviewing, I've sent data over to a different professor. And I'm like, I, you know, I think I've, you know, found some trends in the data here. And he's like, let's write a meta analysis and systematic review. I, I agree. So it's just kind of spiraled into my obsession, you know, to prove that I do know what I'm doing, you know, like, to not make a fool out of myself when I submit this book chapter has really driven me to be very, very obsessive and go in a lot deeper than I think a lot of others would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've now gotten to a place where the, the tablets that you've created through all of this iteration are the industry leaders. And it's because it's delivering superior results. When people test them, they're seeing higher parts per million than other, than other products on the market. Let's talk a little bit about some of the science, because I know that, that you spend a lot of time keeping your finger on the pulse of the scientific literature. And um, we've done, we, we did an episode with, with Tyler LeBaron from the Molecular Hydrogen Institute. And we talked about some of the science. Um, and, and, and you can go in a lot deeper to the biochemistry. Mm-hmm. than I can. Yeah. Um, I have reviewed, I, I've read about a thousand of the publications. I've read every human publication. There's there's 80 publications right now in humans. There's another seven under peer review. Um, I've read all of them multiple, multiple times. I've gotten, you know, lots of the raw data that I, I've scoured through looking for responders versus non-responders, which it does appear that there are responders and non-responders versus hydrogen. Mm-hmm. But, I've certainly know, seen that too. Yeah. Um, you know, there's people who don't, there's a small percentage of people who don't respond at all, maybe even upwards of 20%, right? And then from there, it seems about 50, 50, you know, 50% or 40% of people seem to respond, you know, physiologically in a significant way, but maybe not noticeable immediately. And there seems to be about 40% of like super responders, people who very strongly respond and notice a strong benefit, sometimes even instantly increased energy and, you know, people get head tingles, stuff like that. Um, hydrogen is the more I'm learning about it and, and the more the story changes. And it's something, you know, I've done two recorded talks with, with, you know, Tyler and it's, the story doesn't change. It, it evolves, right. As new information comes out, we can look back on all the old studies and it gives them better context. Right. So, you know, maybe the conclusions change from these old studies. They no longer fit the story, but that's because the story is always evolving. Right. That doesn't rule out the old data. It just makes the conclusions not current. Right. From what we, we can observe from that data. It's like going back and, and reading a good book that you haven't read in a decade or, or watching your favorite movie a decade later. All of your life experiences, all of your knowledge gives you new context and a new input into that that work so you can look at it from a completely different perspective right um so that's what's really going on with the the science and you know we're learning things like hydrogen you know likely doesn't have any antioxidant capacity in vivo so in a living person it does in vitro very weak only seems to you know um only seems to you know reduce the the hydroxyl radical the nastiest one it probably doesn't do that in the body but what it does is a lot more significant it, it seems to regulate our redox status both both you know beneficial um you know free radicals like nitric oxide right which we need 
you know, but also our antioxidant production like glutathione, catalase, superoxidase, dismutase by regulation of the nerve tube pathway. And importantly, it doesn't seem to do that over homeostasis. So a lot of like nerve two pathway activators, you know, can uh, maybe uh, some of them can can you know maybe decrease cancer risk. Some of them can increase cancer risk. You know what I mean? Because it's guesswork. Activation is guesswork. Um, hydrogen, in all evidence from in vitro to rodent to human, there's a few human studies now has shown to have. Um, beneficial responses to cancer. Now, we, we need way better evidence to know this for sure, and it's probably going to be an adjuvant therapy, but it, it just, that's a concern of nerve 2 activation that doesn't seem to apply to hydrogen. Uh, likewise, um, you know, lots of antioxidant therapies. Um, actually, high-dose antioxidant therapies have been cut dead all the clinical trials because it was discovered a, a number of years ago that just flooding ourselves with extra antioxidants can increase risk of cancer, can increase all-cause mortality. Well, hydrogen doesn't do that. In some cases, it's actually, you know, pro-oxidative stress, not anti-inflammatory, some models. And as we're starting to learn more that hydrogen is likely a form of hormesis, right, that makes a lot more sense, right? Like exercise acutely raises oxidative stress and inflammation that leads to long-lasting reductions in chronic inflammation and oxidative stress by activating, you know, anti-inflammatory, you know, cytokines and activating our, you know, nerve two pathway for extra of our own, you know, endogenous antioxidants. So not only does hydrogen seem to be working in this way, it seems to be potentiating the other forms of hormesis, right? So one really cool, and, and Say you give high dose antioxidants to someone exercising, it actually blunts the benefits of exercise of hypertrophy aids, right? With hydrogen, you know, it's actually shown to be an ergogenic agent, right? It's improving exercise capacity and recovery. So there was a really, really cool study that was done in Brazil in a forced swimming test in mice. Um, there was a control group that swam in the hydrogen group. In the hydrogen group, it actually showed that it elevated acutely their oxidative stress even more so than the exercises than the control group was, but they swam longer, you know, like were more stressed out completely, but then the redox was balanced quicker, right? They had a, a stronger antioxidant effect after workout that brought them back to recovery faster. So the, the rats swam longer, they were more stressed out, but then they recovered faster. Which well, this is, this, this is really interesting. And be, especially because like one of the things that Tyler shared on, um, when, uh, during our conversation was the, the evidence on benefits coming from pairing molecular hydrogen consumption with like a sauna and, and, you know, so some of like what, stacking. Yeah. Which is, um, I, I wrote a, a 25,000 word piece with about 500 citations on hormesis, seven parts, you know, heat exposure was obviously one of the parts. The last part was, was hydrogen, you know? So, you know, there, there's, I mean, hydrogen releases heat, heat shock proteins, right? And I think one of the biggest revelations in what we're seeing here in hydrogen, hydrogen or the sauna. Well, they both release heat shock proteins. Hydrogen, molecular hydrogen consumption releases heat shock proteins. Really? I did not know that. All right. Please continue. Fascinating. Uh, so one of the most, the coolest things about hydrogen is not only does it seem to work in a similar manner that most of these other forms of hormesis that most biohackers, most health conscious people are doing at least, you know, 
some of them like, you know, whether it's exercise or cold exposure, heat exposure, fasting, you know, um, all, all these things, um, it seems to protect against the deleterious like damages from them. Right. So it has this rescuing, this protective effect. And we don't know when hydrogen is harmful. Like even exercise, you can exercise too much. If you exercise eight hours a day, you're in a chronic disease state. Right. You, you, you may have been doing that prior to not feeling great. You know, it sounded like you were doing a lot of CrossFit, a lot of MMA. That was, I was thinking this is you, you had to be spending six to eight hours a day in the gym. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was going to the track and doing sprints and I was going for runs once a week and I was going hiking for fun. You know, you know what I mean? Like um, even when I was taking calls and working, I, I was you know, doing sit-ups and, you know, overhead squats and, you know, stuff like in my living room. Like I just, I don't know, like I, I had boundless energy in my mid to late twenties and that kind of crashed and, you know, fell apart. And I, I wonder about the damages I did to my body by overtraining for a long, long time. And, you know, that's why we see a lot of, you know, a lot of MMA fighters, a lot of, you know, pro athletes, a lot of Olympians, you know, some of these guys have, you know, free testosterone levels like that of an 80 year old, right? They are impaired. And, and these are even guys who, who haven't taken, you know, steroids and stuff, right? Because their body is in such a damaged state, right? And they're never taking a day off, right? And it's that same mentality that I had, you know, with hydrogen now that I'm having with this book chapter that someone else is training harder than me. Someone else is better than me right. That drives athletes and athletes will not take recovery days. Right. And you need your recovery days. Overtraining impairs your, your performance and it hurts your health. So hydrogen seems to protect against all these things. You're in a sauna too much. And I think we really need to figure out uh, better dosing pro protocols genetically for forms of hormesis. Like I don't shiver in a cryo chamber. Right. I, I tend to, I like being cold six hours a day. I'll take a cold shower. I'll go out. I have a, a tie bag on my patio. Um, even in the winter time, there can be snow on the ground and I go out and I start, you know, doing body squats and kicking my bag and, you know, doing some lightweight stuff. And then I'll leave the windows open in, in the winter and I'm cold for six hours. The cold does not, uh, I probably need to be a lot colder than the average person to get the benefits from hormesis, but I have fainted a few times doing like hot yoga. I, I will drink four liters of water, you know, in a hot yoga. And sometimes I don't make it through. I pass out. Right. I've gotten heat stroke, you know, in Mexico, open sea kayaking just after a few hours with plenty of water. I do not deal. I do not deal well with the heat. Right. So what might be a good heat routine for me wouldn't be beneficial because it's not enough for another person. And what might be great cold exposure for another person isn't beneficial to me. And likewise, what I do for cold exposure might be damaging to someone else, right? So we're going to need to be learning a lot more about tailored, customized forms of hormesis for each individual based on their tolerance in the future. And I see hydrogen has, as having a huge role uh, of this protective uh, capability and, and this potentiating capability you know, in, in using in, in tandem with all these other forms of hormesis. 
Yeah, you've, you've spoken a lot to the importance of individualization and really like recognizing, okay, where's, where's each person coming from genetically in terms of their, their health status, their goals, and, um, and, and then putting together a protocol that they will best respond to. We found the same thing with certain people. Um, I use, I use molecular hydrogen. I use your tablets. I use, uh, it via inhalation and we've had certain people that I've put on a molecular hydrogen inhalation machine or given tablets. And they look at me and they're like, what is this? I feel incredible. Like I want to go out and, and take on the world. And then we've had other people where I've even bought them, uh, you know, sent them a whole bunch of tablets and, and a hydrogen machine. And they're like, honestly, I don't notice anything. It could be working, but I, I don't notice it. And you're right. We got to figure out like, is this, is this someone who's got adrenal fatigue from years or decades of running themselves into the ground, being so driven that they never gave themselves a day off. And they did all these very highly demanding workouts that like really pushed the central nervous system. Um, or is this someone who's been bedridden for a long time and, and, and all they need is a little bit of these exogenous antioxidants and some of this, this beneficial, uh, hormetic effect where it sounds a lot like molecular hydrogen works similar to adaptogens just uh just on some some different pathways where like you're not going to you're not gonna it's not gonna take you to a place that's dangerous it's just gonna bring you back to balance yeah and that's what hydrogen seems to do i mean it's altered thousands of different you know um gene expressions you know, to date in the literature, that's why it's shown a benefit in 170 different models. And not every model is an anti-inflammatory because hydrogen isn't anti-inflammatory. It regulates production of, you know, cytokines, both anti and, you know, pro-inflammatory cytokines, right? So if you're not inflamed, it's not going to have any benefits on inflammation, right? Which is a lot more important than being an anti-inflammatory and people don't get that. If you don't have excess oxidative stress, it's not going to really have any benefits in your redox status or oxidative stress. But there's other things too, like we need to look at people's genotypes, right? You know, the only genetic responder trial in hydrogen to date, it was on mild cognitive impairment. It was uh, 73 participants for 52 weeks. Um, and it improves symptoms in people with mild cognitive impairment. It's kind of the step before, you know, dementia, Alzheimer's, but only with people that had at least one APOE4 allele. Right. You said a, a, APOE4? Yeah. Which I have, I have both of them. So I have one, right? Oh, okay. I have APOE4 and APOE2, right? So that might be why we're responders, right? And, and I don't know about you, but when I change my dosing protocol and I take a high dose of hydrogen, I get a head rush. It tingles, you know, through my entire head. And interesting, if you have two APOE4 you know, alleles, you know, you, you should look at, at, say, fat consumption in your diet because you're not, you're not, you know, uh, metabolizing fat and using it as energy properly. Um, I know a lot of people feel amazing on a keto diet. Every time I've tried it, I've gotten keto flu. I've gotten sick. I can't get out of bed. I feel like absolute shit. Right. And, and uh, I was just talking with, um, you know, Joe Cohen from, you know, South Hacked. We did a pair of podcasts together and he's like, yeah, so that's because you have an APOE4 allele. He's like, you're not processing those dietary fats 
Yep. So for anyone listening, like uh, that may or may not be familiar, APOE4, this is um, this is a gene. You can get it tested. You can go to a company like Life Extension. You can order a test to see um, to see your status. And this just further illustrates the importance of personalization. Not everyone's going to do great with a vegan diet. Not everyone's going to do great with with a ketogenic diet. And if you have a gene, like in this example, APOE4, whether you've got one or both of them, if you're loading up on fats because, you know, you saw it on someone's blog or, or Instagram post, it may not be a fit for you. And it may go down to the genetic level rather than, you know, you're not producing enough lipase or, 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 or something else that's like um, something else that can be addressed just with uh, enzyme consumption, digestive enzymes and that sort of thing. So great, great point there. And, and I didn't even know the connection between molecular hydrogen and uh, the APOE forging. So we have we have it in one study, one study in humans so far. So it's really exciting, you know. And uh, I think it's going to come down to what is someone's damage, what is their genotype, right? And in the years and decades to come, we're going to have a lot better information on what people are going to benefit the most from hydrogen, what people should take it, when you should take it. All of these things are going to become very, very important, and that's going to actually be true for like we were talking about, like. Other forms of hormesis from exercise to heat exposure to cold exposure to diet, right? And not just your genotype, but your microbiota, right? You know, because that's going to impact what the best diet is for you. So it's really, really cool and important stuff we're coming out with, with uh, you know, personalization of health, right? And it's kind of come full circle. We really needed uh, science to be general for the last couple of centuries to find out what statistically works on the population, right? Because when people were, when doctors were just guessing at things based on the patient, we weren't really learning anything about what we are physiologically. Now we, we, we've really advanced into our understanding of our physiology, right? Of, you know, our, our genome of all these things that we're full circling back. So protocols, drugs are being designed to target genotypes. I'm curious, have, have you seen any other genes that are where, where people respond better to, you know, molecular hydrogen for, to, to your tablets? And um, you, you just got me thinking here on the fly, like the big ones that come to mind, you've got MTHFR, you've got COMT, HLADR, APOE4, which, which we mentioned. And there's, there's so much possibility here, especially with how many people are finding out, oh yeah, I'm MTHFR and they're taking more B vitamins. Could those people also benefit from more molecular hydrogen? I would imagine they, they it, would, it's right? Possible. We, we need more responder versus non-responder studies. Mm -hmm. right? You know, we, we need more, you know, genotypes in, in humans that, that are studied alongside to, to do this. So far, it's just the one, there is a hypothesis paper, you know, regarding hydrogen water that um, comes down to also, you know, endogenous H2 production, because we're making liters and liters of H2 gas a day from our bacteria breaking down carbohydrates, right? Well, people with an impaired microbiota, right? They're going to be making less hydrogen gas. Or on a low carbohydrate diet. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to be, you know, making less and less hydrogen gas. Um, now, hydrogen in one human study and about seven others in animals from mice to goats has overwhelmingly shown to impact the microbiota all in water, right? Which makes sense because when you inhale it, it's not getting into your gut, 
right, to do all these things. Um, so that that could be one of the reasons why hydrogen water seems to be effective in some cases where hydrogen gas isn't, right, and seems to be effective at a much lower dose than than inhalation, inhaling gas. Good question on that. So we we have seen the same thing, pretty much the application that we've used with the molecular hydrogen gas. We've got this, we're doing this with a few clients that have, um, like now that I think about it, a few of them have tested for, uh, to, you know, to be APOE for at least, at least having it, um, having, having one copy of it. But um, have you found anything where I've seen some anecdotal evidence suggesting that molecular hydrogen tablets can be used as an energy substrate by the bacteria responsible for like small intestinal bacterial overgrowth and, so, and not in a positive way. Is that, have you seen anything there? Um, I, I've heard people ask that question a lot of times. And um, I, I know, uh, you know, Tyler LeBaron has, has responded to this quite a number of times. And he said that it, it's the equivalent of adding like, you, you know, a little test tube of water to an Olympic sized swimming pool that it's completely inconsequential. when we think about the volume of H2 that we're adding, you know, to people with excess of hydrogen, because say with the tablet, you know, um, you're, you're maybe getting 70 milliliters of hydrogen gas and you're producing six to 12 liters a day. Right. So it, it's, it's very, very small. I mean, again, we need better evidence everywhere so far. Like, in my book chapter, we've evaluated the safety. Hydrogen seems to be overwhelmingly safe, very low adverse events. But, you know, there's less than 2,000 people that have been studying clinical research, right, across 80, pa 80 papers. You know, we need larger study groups. We need, you know, better controlled study groups. We, we need to look at people's genotypes. We, we need to answer all these questions. And, and this is very expensive, right, to do, right? So this is often why... Uh, this is often why it takes so long for things that aren't patented or pharmaceutical to advance the knowledge because, you know, teams interested get a small grant that can do a study with 20 people, 30 people, you know, things like this. Uh, private companies at the same time have a, one goal. They want to show that it's effective for one purpose, you know, and safe so that they can get approved drug claims and, you um, it really gives us bad science. Right? Yeah, there's a lot of self-interest there. I mean, you and I were talking offline about the process that a lot of companies employ when they're doing studies. They want to get a specific outcome. They're doing the study to, uh, you know, you know, to 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 get that result. And you said they may throw away 15, 20 studies if they don't produce the the intended well, result, and then the twenty first one does it, and that's the one that gets published. There's no knowing how many they can throw away. Right. Because they don't have to publish results. Right. So, you know, a private company can run a study over and over and over again until they find a result that they want to publish. Right. And then there's things like key hacking, you know, like to do it like um, they can, you know, have 30 different markers they're looking for and publish a paper. Oh, look, we, we improved this marker. Right. And it's just a, you know, maybe a push on verse, like, you know, a statistical anomaly that they, you know, they can extend the trial or cut it short whenever the statistics are favorable. There's so many ways to corrupt the data and the research out there, you know, privately. Now, publicly, uh, researchers always want to study what their field of interest is, right? So public researchers don't really have any incentive to go and replicate work from another team, right? Which is why you see, uh, possibly why you see in things like hydrogen that's 
almost 100% you know, publicly funded research is very little rep- true replication work. There's a lot of supportive work, but true replication work it doesn't really exist in the field because every team says they want something new and novel. And they want it to be to their interests, right? And then again, because it's brand new, they're using smaller grant funds. So it's an eight people or 20 people or 40 or maybe 60 or 100 at most, which of course isn't enough for like drug claims or anything like that. And it can take decades and decades of research until public funding gets big enough to do important studies, right, in an area. Um, and it's something that I... I I really believe in, in in truth and finding out what is true, even if it is to the detriment to my own self-interest. Um, we're talking offline a bit. Um, I'm working with nine public research teams, universities across the U.S., Canada, Europe, you know, the Middle East, India, China, and um, I donate product to some of them. I donate funds for extra markers to make it a better study. Others don't want any money from me; they just want product and placebo. And I donate all of this under no gag order. So it's called a publication agreement. This means that the teams are allowed to publish the results no matter what the outcome is, right? Because I want to know if it works, how it works, when it should be used, right? And what we should be looking at next, right? So also we're dealing with um, four public, you know, teams for road research. I can't claim any benefits, right, from research done in mice, but it, it helps advance the body of knowledge on the subject, right? So we're working a lot with this. So far, I mean, we have five publications in humans. We're five for five on showing a benefit, right? We have three others under peer review. Hopefully those come out, you know, early 2020. Um, so we're talking right now, right before Christmas time. So hopefully they're out January, February. Uh, we have six more. So that would put us at eight for eight, Right. Uh, We have six more that are underway and six more, you know, with ethics approval that are set to begin sometime in 2020 or, you know, finalizing their ethics approval. Uh, I mean, we could be eight for eight and then all of a sudden be eight for 20. We we don't know. Right. And and that's the gamble that we're willing to take to make sure that the information out there is honest. Right. And has integrity behind it so that we can stand behind our product and say that this is what it does. And maybe in another case, this is what it doesn't do, right? At least the evidence shows that it doesn't do this, right? So we don't want to give people false hope. Right? Yeah, I, I really appreciate that about you and the work that you guys are doing is you're taking the long view. You're not you're not trying to find the study that's going to ramp up a whole bunch of sales before Christmas. You're gathering a body of, of, of evidence, some favorable, some could possibly show up to not be in your favor. But the stuff that comes up that's not in your favor will allow you to iterate and improve and come up with better protocols and find a better product to individual fit. So so that I believe 10 years from now, 25 years from now, not only will you guys be the leader, but you'll have pioneered a lot of improvements in this field by not cherry picking and not just looking for the quick win and like, okay, how do we, you know, how do we keep our costs, um, you know, one tenth or one twentieth of, of uh, our price? You're saying, how do we put out the best product that's going to help the most people? How do we seek truth in... And, and by seeking that truth, we, we know who to market it to because we know who benefits from, right? So we know we, we this isn't a panacea. It's not going to be for everyone, right? You know, a, a large percentage of people could benefit from hydrogen, but we're under no illusion that this is 
going to be a magic pill for everyone for all instances. And, and there is no such thing as a magic pill, right? That's why you need various health protocols. You know, like um, hydrogen was likely protecting me, you know, from metabolic syndrome. When I got to my worst shape, I was working 100, 120 hours a week. Um, I got up to 267 pounds. I'd been 170 when I was training hard. Um, but again, I was working 100, 120 hours a week. Uh, my shoulder, you know, like I was told not to really work out that much waiting for my surgery. Um, I had a, a string of tears in my legs because I was overtraining my legs. So I had two hamstring tears. I had a grade two calf tear. Um, I, I strained my Achilles. So I was really impaired to do anything at all. Um, and often I'd forget to eat, you know, and all of a sudden it's 8 PM and I've been working since five, 6 AM and I order pizza or like, you know what I mean? And, uh, despite everything, none of my metabolic markers were abnormal, you know, like my, my, um, you know, my blood sugar was high normal, like my cholesterol was normal. My triglycerides were normal. My blood pressure was, was high normal. Um, but I, I definitely wasn't healthy and I was down to averaging about 2,200 calories a day, most days. And at 267 pounds, I wasn't, I was gaining weight. I wasn't losing weight. And I, I just changed uh, my protocol. I started working out less intense, but on the hour, every hour, you know, maybe do 40, 50 body squats, go kick the bag for a bed, you know, work out some light biceps, not enough to aggravate my shoulder, just enough to keep my muscles moving. I started uh, fasting, you know, so, you know, I fast uh, every week, minimum 43 to 48 hours, right? Every fourth week I fast 67 to 72. And I've done a couple longer ones, like a 96 and a 120 now, uh, just by doing these, these little changes, right? A little bit extra activity, you know, getting fasting, you know, um, I was already time-restricted eating, but not in a healthy way, um, doing that. Well, I've dropped 47 pounds from February to December now, and I'm eating 3,500 calories a day, right? Nice job, man. So it just it is a great testament. Hydrogen is not a magic pill. It's not a magic bullet. It was protecting me, but it wasn't doing all of the lifting, right? I needed right. other protocols to take control of my health. What's up guys, Anthony DiClemente here and this message is brought to you by Buy Optimizers. So a few years ago, I was in a frustrating situation after just about every meal, I would experience gas, bloating, stomach distension, constipation, even diarrhea. And this three month gut reset protocol completely changed the game. I'd tried a ton of things, nothing had really worked that well until I did this. So what I did was I combined masszymes, Bioptimizer's enzyme formulation that helps to break down protein and increase your own immune system's effectiveness with their probiotic at a specific dosage of 10 capsules of masszymes with five capsules of the P3O and probiotic taken in the morning on an empty stomach and then at night on an empty stomach. And right away, I started seeing some positive improvements. Then I added another six capsules of the masszymes and three capsules of the P3O and probiotic before each meal. And a few months of that, specifically three months, nine bottles worth, my gut was almost completely fixed. Throwing a little bit of gasoline on the fire, I made sure to fast for 14 to 16 hours between dinner and my first meal the next day to increase autophagy, upregulate the immune system, and help clear out some of the other viruses, bacteria, even parasites that can inhabit our 
our gut. And that made a massive difference for me. And if you're experiencing any of these symptoms, it will probably make a massive difference for you. So if you guys want to check out that gut reset protocol, it requires nine bottles of the Masszymes, nine bottles of the P3OM, and you can get it at buyoptimizers.com forward slash biohacks. We've got all the discount codes already applied and put together a nice, a, a nice way for you guys to save on the package when you go there. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M. I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash biohacks, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S. And you'll see the three-month gut reset protocol that includes nine bottles of Masszymes and nine bottles of P3OM. Take it as recommended and you will see a huge improvement in your gut health. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about those protocols because, um, if you're up for it and I'd like the people, uh, the folks that are listening to, to be able to have some actionable takeaways here and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll link to your hydrogen tablets, the ones that, that each of us are using. Um, and you know, for, for anyone that's listened to past episodes where we've talked about, um, anyway, I won't go there, but, um, Let's let's talk about some protocols. Maybe I can share the way that I'm using it now, and and you can share based on what you're seeing in, in in the scientific literature and some of the ways that other people are using them and experiencing benefits. Some some other ways that our listeners might be able to apply this in their own lives. I mentioned when I fly. So when when I fly, I'm usually getting a bottle of water. I'm getting on the plane. I'm dropping three or four tablets in that bottle, and then pretty much drinking it as soon as they dissolve. And then I'm doing that for every 90 minutes. I'm in the air, and I do it again when I land. The, the the other time that I do it is usually before a sauna. So I'll do anywhere from two to four tablets before a sauna, and then get in get in there. Um, I don't do it every single day. Um, just because a lot of, a lot of the benefits, it seems like are greater when you're, when you're pulsing it. Yeah. You're probably not going to have to change your, your protocols then, right? That's great. You know, like, um, you, you want a high dose intermittent pulsing effect. We know from the literature that a, a continuous dose, even when it's much higher is ineffective, right? You put, you know, rodents under a hydrogen rich medium, right? Nonstop. And it has no benefits. Right. You put a continuous flow of hydrogen, you know, on a cell culture and you, you see no, no benefits. Likewise, if there's no damage to a cell and you add hydrogen to it, there, there's no benefits either. If it's a perfectly healthy cell, then you artificially damage it and you see all these changes that happen. Um, for people who do the same routine every day. So I can't really give you my routine other than a current routine. Like right now I'm on a bit of a hybrid, um, days I don't work out. I, I, I take them in the morning, right? And I'll drink about a, a liter, you know, probably total of six tablets. I'm a big guy though. And I have arthritis in nine spots, um, you know, and I chug it all down just, just like you do. Uh, one day a week, I take a hydrogen bath with bath tablets, right? And, and actually anecdotally. Um, Is this a separate product or do you just take your tablets and drop them in the bath? Cause I was thinking about that earlier when you mentioned, uh, when, when you were telling your story. We have them on our website, three times the size, and they're designed for a bath. And uh, anecdotally, and we do actually have a case study using these under review for a grade two ankle tear. And we have a registered clinical trial of 20 pro soccer players with uh, grade two ankle tears are being re recruited in Europe. Um, and it's head to head comparing topical hydrogen to rice protocol. So rest, ice, compress, elevate, because, you know, the case studies that we did are almost magic, you know, in swelling reduction. And that's the stuff we're seeing. You know, we, we've got um, a number of like pro MMA fighters, UFC fighters, you know, that are that we're actually endorsing right now. Uh, we've got 
a lot more UFC fighters and, you know, NHL players and stuff that are taking the tablets that we're trying to work out deals with. And universally for these guys that are sore, they're beat up, uh, bodybuilders too, that, that are just sore, tired, rigid, bruised, they find the baths to be more effective for their muscles and their, their acute injuries and soreness and drinking the water. And again, we're going to figure out in the future what the best administration method is for each area that we need. And it's something really, really important. Um, I, I'm designing an inhalation system too. I, I think we're going to want combinations of multi-different approaches. You know, like for one instance, we, we use water, you know, one instance, a bath, you know, do all, all these various things. Um, I agree. Um, and I do, I do use the inhalation regularly. I didn't mention it cause just cause we're specifically on the tabs, but I'll use the inhalation a lot when I'm, when I'm working at home or even during meditation, you've got me so excited about these bath tablets right now. Um, I'm going to pick up some as soon as we're off. Is it so for like a 200 pound man who's listening, what's the, the, the protocol for the bath tablets? Can you add things like Epsom salt, baking soda? Like what's, what's, what are you finding to work best? Cause the magnesium Epsom salt is, works by magnesium relaxing the muscles. So the tablets have magnesium, right. And, and it becomes magnesium ions. So, you know, it's a substitute for the Epsom salt. Plus it gives you the hydrogen. Now it depends what you're needing it for. If you're just a little bit sore and sore and stiff and, you know, for skin health and, you know, slightly raising the concentration, you might only need 10 of these bath tablets, six to 10 of these bath tablets in a bath. You're, you're going to get, you know, to the minimum dosages of hydrogen in the water. Um, you know, actually uh, topically hydrogen has shown to be effective at much lower concentrations than drinking, right? Which makes sense because it's very concentrated in the areas you're trying to get it to. Um, so when you drink it, it, it's, you know, going through all your internal systems and it not very much is actually reaching your muscles and everything like that. When you're bathing in it, it's transdermal, it's going through, it, it's, it's hitting a higher concentration there. Um, for these acute injuries, we're using one of these bath tablets, which is three times the size of a drinking tablet per liter, right? For a 20 to 30 minute bath. Um, so if you have say a torn ankle or knee or something like that, uh, conserve the tablets, get a bucket, try and isolate. You know, I, I've seen some incredible stuff like um, my, my um, common law girlfriend, partner, you know, wife, um, you know, um, she was training for the Boston Marathon right about a year and a half ago and uh, she's a competitive runner and uh, she's well she's training for an Ironman right now she she's a little you know crazy hardcore um she got shin splints a few weeks before Boston I had to pick her up from the train station carrier she couldn't walk right she took a hydrogen bath 11 days in a row on her 11th day she ran 34k and a couple weeks later she ran Boston right in the worst conditions that had happened in over 50 years right 100 you know, kilometer or 60 mile an hour headwinds, like 33 degrees, you know, something like, um, what was it? Uh, um, like four inches or something of freezing rain. Like it was the worst finishing time since the 1950s. And she still, you know, was only a few minutes slower than her previous marathon that she'd done coming off shin splints a few weeks before I I've had this stuff too. I mean, really pay attention though because it'll reduce the inflammation but it isn't it's speeding up healing but you have to be careful you have to protect it like when i did it on my grade two two calf care my gp and my physio were blown away at the swelling reduction but i still had no strength because i had mm -hmm. a muscle 
Right. So be be careful and and don't don't jump right back in and end up worsening the tear before your body has a chance because the, the players get like pins in their hand and plates in their arms are moved way ahead of schedule because of the bathing. Like you know, one of our sponsored athletes, you know, she she the swelling went down so fast that the pins actually poked through her hand, and she had to go to the surgeon and get it taken out like in half the time was expected. Right. Um, I had something crazy. I tumbled about 400 yards down a double black skiing and I hit a tree on the way down. I likely broke my arm. Right. It was all swollen. And like, you know, I got back and I'm like, oh man, I don't want to wait. Like, I wasn't sure if it was broken and I didn't want to wait eight hours in ER and, you know, all that stuff. So I just put it in a hydrogen bath. And then it like was really reduced next day. And I did that for three days after three days, all the swelling was gone. And it was just a thin line bruise and like acute pain. This is incredible. I mean, the, our conversation has been fascinating thus far, but just hearing about what can be done with these, with these bath tablets. Um, so six to 10 of the tablets in a bath for more of, of, uh, if you're just like a little bit like stiff, like say you just work out, you know, like it's your off ear a bit stiff or, you know, say you want to improve skin health. Yeah. You need like six to 10 tablets, right. For just kind of like a relaxing bath. If you are really beat up, like, you know, the UFC fighters that we have doing it um, and, and stuff like that, you know, or if you're injured, you want as high a dose as possible. You want to immerse yourself. Like when I get tears, I keep the water white, you know, and I just stay in there for half an hour, you know, and it's that, that's really acute treatment and it gets expensive, but say doing that maybe is 50, 60 bucks. Think about how much a single like physio visit or a single Cairo visit is, you know, when you're recovering for, weeks at a time and then ice packs and you know all these things it is a dramatic improvement at least anecdotally what we've seen and what we saw in the the pair of case studies that are under review it was almost magic and we'll know you know pretty soon in in this you know randomized controlled trial that we're doing um, i think like eight of the 20 soccer players have been recruited to date so we should know sometime you know in q1 q2 of 2020 what, what the results are and, you know, a full head to head trial. This is very exciting. Um, last few questions just around for, you know, for more therapeutic dosages, you mentioned like ankle injuries, right? So you could get a bucket, uh, you know, like a painting bucket, fill that with water and then, and then yep. get a higher concentration with Use less um, tablets, much cheaper than doing a full bath. And, and sorry, before I forget, if people do the same dose every day, you want to do a washout every three to six months and then change your dosing protocol, right? Anecdotally, we've seen in people who have been taking the tablets for four years that if you take the same dose at the same time every day, the benefits seem to wear off. Yeah, right. That kind of that's pretty consistent with the, the scientific literature. Like you got to pulse this stuff. Exactly. Right. So don't take the same dose every day at the same time. I need to take it every day because if I don't, my shoulder freezes. Right. And I can't put a shirt or anything like that. But every three to six months, I will let my shoulder freeze, you know, kind of like I resolve like to a long fast that I'm going to put myself through hell. We'll stop hydrogen for a week, you know, let everything seize up. I feel like crap, you know, like, you know, I can't sleep because I'm in pain. And then I change my dose and time that I do it. And I change my protocol and I run that for three to six months until I, I notice 
maybe the benefits are, are waning. Other people have reported that they, they've seen the benefits for a year and a half, you know, until they've started to wear off. But pretty much universally, everyone that's seen a benefit that's had them wear off, when they do a washout and then change their protocol, the benefits come back. Okay. And how, how long was that washout? In, in I can say, you know, some people have said they do it three, four days. I find I need it for about a week, right, when I do it. But I do really high dosages, right, of hydrogen two. That it might play a role there. Um, it, it, it really makes a lot of sense, too, because you, you think of all these other forms of hormesis. Um, if you drink a glass of wine, say a glass of wine got you drunk when you're 16. You know, if you drink a glass of wine every day, you're not spiking anything. You know, by the time you're 20, let alone 40, 50, it's probably no longer hormesis. Maybe you need two or three, right, to get the hormetic benefits of ethanol, right? Likewise with exercise. If you do the same exercise every day forever, it stops becoming exercise. It's just low-key damage to your body, right? Or cold exposure, the same cold doesn't make you as cold and the same heat doesn't make you as heat. We're building up this stress tolerance, but it's these stresses that are bringing positive health benefits. So I really will say like, like what you're doing when you're changing your administration, you're not taking it every day, you're doing it before hormesis. That's great. You're probably not going to change, have to change your dosing protocol for a very long time if ever. Right. But if someone else just wants a routine to take a couple tablets a day at the exact same time, at least every six months, do a washout for three to seven days. And then instead of in the morning, take them at night or take them at lunch, you know, do it in a little bit of a different time of day. Fantastic. And then um, the timeline for how much faster you've, you've done this with a lot of athletes on average, how much, how much faster are you seeing recovery take place in like, let's say, you know, soccer players hurt their ankle or, uh, you know, you, in, in, um, you mentioned the, the surgery with, uh, inflammation going down. Is it, is it, you know, 50% of the time or what are you seeing? Depends on the person, you know, okay. it, it can be a lot faster. Like the, the surgery times were, were like 50%. Um, we, we've got one UFC fighter that has a broken rib and he's training by doing a bath every other day. He's not sparring. Right. But he's lifting weights like, you know, in, intensively high interval train, high, you know, you know, high intensity interval training. He, he's, uh, you know, doing drills. Right. It's broken rip. Right. And he didn't stop working out. And, and he says that if he doesn't take a bath like every other day, he stiffens up. Right. And he, he's feeling it and he can't train. But when he takes a bath every other day, he's loose enough to keep his, his fitness up as he's waiting for it to heal. So I don't, I don't think there's a rule of thumb. Yet. Is he doing six to 10 tablets in those baths or is he loading them up? We're, we're loading them up. Yeah. So yeah. what's, what's loading them up? How many tablets is he doing? He's doing a, a bottle of the R2 relief that we have on our site, you know, okay. the other day right now. Um, so that's really short term because he's got a broken rib. I'd never recommend anyone do that, you know, long-term all the time. Just because we don't know. Yeah, we, we, well, we don't know. And are the benefits going to wear off? And right. it's going to be a tapering effect. Like mm-hmm. we see a very clear dose dependent response of hydrogen, but there's going to be a plateau. Just like exercise, there's going to be a plateau, right? So maybe in a bath going from 0.1 to 0.5, even up to 10, there, there's a benefit. Maybe it plateaus at five. We don't really know yet. Since we can get 10, we're telling people to get 10, but you need to do that every day. 
you know what I mean? Like, or every other day, probably not, right? You know, you, you probably want to spike that once a week, once every couple of weeks at most, if you don't have damage, use it acutely for when you need to, right? And then drink the water and days that I have a bath, I don't drink the water, right? All right, that's interesting. That's good to know. And um, days that I have a hard exercise, five to 10 minutes before you work out. We, we notice at least it, it, at the very least in heart rate, if you take it an hour before, it doesn't seem to impact, you know, lowering heart rate as much as if you do it five to 10 minutes before you exercise. And we know that hydrogen is only in your system for about 15 minutes. So that this makes, uh, this makes a bit of sense. This makes a lot of sense. And we've got, we've got some amazing protocols here. And just, just to round it out for, for some of those acute injuries, like let's, I'm not sure how we would do this with say a shoulder injury. I'm curious if you have a, a way to do it, but at least with like a foot injury, we talked about the the bucket and uh, you know, using a painting bucket and getting some tablets in there. How many tablets um, would you put in a bucket to, to help with something related to plantar fasciitis or an ankle injury or, or, or something like that? Sure. It'll help with plantar. You know, it won't. It's very different. It's not really an inflammatory. It's kind of degradation. You know, yeah. of the muscle and everything. Like for plantar, people should probably try and like lose some weight. You know, do do you know some strengthening exercises, get orthotics. You know, like things like that. I don't think hydrogen is going to help with plantar. And anecdotally, it hasn't for a lot of people either. Um, All right, that's interesting. That's good to know. You know, um, for like ankle tears and stuff. It, it depends how many liters I, I'd say at least one of the, if it's acute, if it's a tear, if it's an injury, at least one of the bigger bath tablets per liter, that's what we're running our clinical trials on. Right. You know, so not one that you're drinking, one of the, you know, they look like this, it's R2 relief, right. You know, one of these um, per liter. Right. Um, so what I do with my shoulder, it's really hard to isolate the shoulder. I'll just do a, a like half volume bath. And I drop the tablets right around my shoulder, right? Because how these quasi-dissolved nanobubbles work, they take a long time to diffuse through the whole bathtub. So the concentration is way higher around my shoulder as it's in this quasi-dissolved cloud, right? It's not homogenous. So I just get it narrow, you know, and yeah. So this is great to, yeah. to recap the, the protocols here, take your, your tablets five to 10 minutes per workout. Are you typically in the two to four tablet range for that protocol? It depends on your size. Like, you know, for like, you know, my, my girlfriend partner, um, she finds one tablet, right. Or two a day gets rid of her hip impingement, which is really common in female runners. She's like 110, 115 pounds. Right. I need four to five a day to loosen my shoulder but I'm a lot bigger. My damage is a lot worse. Right. So I, I don't think we can give an exact dose per person yet. Um, I always recommend people start at a lower dose, right? Cause you don't want to go overkill if you don't need to, right. Start with one or two tablets a day. If you're a really big guy, so you're like 250 pounds, right. Maybe go a bit higher right from the start because you have a lot more tissue that the issue needs to diffuse through. Um, but start always start lower because then you can scale it up, right? You can add another tablet, see if it comes a benefit. Add another tablet, and see if it comes a benefit. Um, I don't want to get into a lot of you know uh, claims that are, are more disease state, but we've seen this like in, in people I've coached where they're like, oh, you know, it's helping with this, but not this, right? And they've upped the dose, and all of a sudden it starts helping with something else, 
too, right? And we're seeing that in the literature. Um, different states seem to have different dose-dependent responses, right? And, and different indications are probably going to need different administration methods, right? Maybe for sports or metabolic issues, the more is the better, whereas, you know, some other issue, it doesn't really matter, you know, um, 0.5 milligrams may work almost as well as five milligrams, right? We, we really, we, we don't have enough information yet. Um, and it's one of the reasons we're really researching or supporting a lot of these researchers, even the rodent studies and doing all this stuff, you know, under no gag orders is because if you only have half the information, you cannot predict these protocols in the future, right? You're, you're obscuring the truth. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, Alex, this is amazing, man. I'm, I'm very, very excited about all these protocols, especially the bath tablets and how those can apply. I mean, we're, we're working with a, a number of the top athletes in the world and in, in, in their respective leagues. And one of the, you know, one, one of the complaints is how do I recover faster? You know, they're always looking to recover faster because that determines how hard you can train, how frequently you can train and just your overall quality of life. And you've, you've shared some protocols and some weapons here that, that not only work with people that are at the top of their game training six, seven days a week, but also just people who, who want to experience more peace and comfort in their body. So I, I really appreciate you having this commitment to quality, to truth and transparency, and for taking the long view on the work that you're doing and not chasing a quick buck, but rather creating something that's that's going to be um, an industry leader and helping millions and millions of people worldwide for the decades to come. So thank you. No, no problem. I, I don't want to sound like a saint. I mean, all this stuff is in my benefit too, right? Yeah. You know, use terms like long-term greedy, like, you know, the bigger the foundation I build, the more the truth is, you know, the more this is going to last, you know, forever or, or a longer time as we understand it. And I think that's, that's really important. And I'm not just doing it for everyone else, obviously, like I'm motivated by my own need. Like I needed this. That's why I, I started. And if I'm going to do it as my career, I have to do it right. You know, and that's the bottom line, you know, because I want to know for myself, I want to know for my family, for my friends, and I'm commercializing. So that means I need to know for everyone else, too. Yeah. So um, I don't know. It's kind of how my mind ticks. And I don't know. I guess it makes me feel uneasy when people give that kind of like, you know, like that, that kind of like hero, you know, that I'm doing it for everyone. Like, because I'm doing it for myself, too. But I also do care about everyone else. So. Yeah, that, that, that's where a lot of this stuff comes from. You know, everything that I was figuring out for myself ended up being some of the foundational components. And, and, and you're excited about the benefits you found yourself, yeah. right? you know? Yeah, yeah I, exactly. Um, funny, I was doing all this stuff before I'd ever heard the term biohacking. You know, yep. just trying to tweak my own protocols. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're, you're, you're an originator. Um, and you know, we, we, so we've set up a discount for, uh, for people that, that feel compelled to go to drinkhrw.com. That's where you can get the, the rejuvenation H2 tablets, which are the ones that I'm using. And then you can also get the, where, where are the bath tablets on your drink HRW website? In the same cart. Um, so there on the drinkhrw.com, I know we set up a discount code for you. I think we set up a dedicated page for you too. 
Okay. We'll, we'll link to the dedicated page. I've got the URL. It's just, um, we'll, we'll link to that. And, you know, anytime you guys are listening and and you want to have all of the show notes, you just, you can go to biohackingsecrets.com and then, and on the blog, we'll have the episode with, with all the fun links to this stuff. Is it the, um, the, the bath tablets, are they under their own category? I'm looking at, we've, we've got rejuvenation, age, your ageless defense, H2 beauty, fish oil. Um, let me look. I don't run the website, obviously. There's somewhere around here, it, I'm sure. Be, you'll see R2 Relief and, and Vivid, actually, too. Um, the Vivid are, are the same as R2 Relief, but they have uh, uh, flavor. Or sorry, uh, scent. They're scented. Okay. Oh, I got them. H2 Relief. So, yeah, if you want the bath stuff, you get you get your H2 Relief. If you want the, the tablets, you get the rejuvenation. Alex, appreciate you so much, man. This is this has been a lot of fun. We covered some of some of the science, some of your story. We got some great protocols here that are new to me, so I'm sure they're they're new to a lot of our listeners. And most most excitingly, can really um, give people a higher quality of life and and um, you know more more peace and mobility in this physical body we've got for this life experience, man. So thank you. No problem. Thank thanks for having me. Where, uh, where can people stay in touch with things you're working on? Do you do social media? Is there, um, Instagram is bigger, you know, we've got a Facebook too, but our Instagram has a bigger following. I think we post more often there. Um, I do have a blog website too, right? So all the new, you know, clinical trials and everything we post on our blog site too. Um, if people, you know, go to the drink HRW site or if they order, uh, your, your email gets put into our newsletter. So you'll, you'll keep up to date on all the new research and, you know, all of this stuff regarding hydrogen beautiful and your your instagram is it just uh alex tarnava t-a-r-n-a-v-a so that, that's my personal instagram I, I mostly just post like food pictures and stuff on there uh, at drink hrw so at drink drink hrw is our yeah beautiful. page. thank you brother appreciate your time this has been a lot of fun and uh yeah thank you What's up, guys? Anthony here, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. One of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like with the body you've always wanted and all-day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that may be holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this with now thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebrities, and entrepreneurs is that there's always room for improvement and optimization. Whether you're already performing at a high level or you have that feeling inside your heart that you're capable of more, the single fastest way to unlock your potential is to upgrade your mind and your body. And there's no program on earth that does that faster or to a greater magnitude than our one-on-one consulting program at www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. 
We start with our proprietary health assessment that screens you for vitamin deficiencies like A, D, magnesium, iron, etc., high cholesterol and heart disease, high blood pressure, digestive disorders, hidden infections like Lyme, Epstein-Barr, parasites, SIBO, candida, and more that can just drain your energy in the background, especially if you don't know about them. Anxiety, depression, and cognitive disorders, autoimmune disease, adrenal fatigue, thyroid issues, mold toxicity, heavy metals, environmental toxins, and other genetic risk factors like MTHFR, APOE status, your glutathione production, and many more. We even recommend the specific tests that I use with my one-on-one clients if they're relevant for you in figuring out your biological age and identifying those key areas and opportunities that can take your life to the next level. From there, we create a customized game plan along with a personalized supplement protocol to help you optimize your weight and energy at the cellular level. And for our platinum clients, we even include a personalized workshop with me in Delray Beach, Florida. Most of the year, this program's full with a waiting list, but we just had a couple spots open up and I wanted to offer them to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So if you're interested in seeing what it might look like for us to work together, head over to www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G and fill out the short application form. If you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community, and I look forward to potentially going on this journey together. 